Next Chapter Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This might be my favorite opening to any song in the history of mankind. My, my, my. We're treating each other just like strangers. My, my, my. I love that. The song is The Paw Paw Negro Blowtorch by Brian Eno of his 1973 album, Here Come the Warm Jets. It's also number 432 out of 500 on the Spotify Ridge, the 500, with me, the King Kadoogle. What's up, you doogly spooglies? I'm in Italy right now. Yep. That's why I'm not responding that much on social media. Taping this right before I leave, so hopefully the world hasn't ended, or the, or just you know like something tragic, and I'm just all like, "Yep, it's the fucking scootily do." But thank you for joining me on the only podcast that's going through Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums from five zero zero down to one. Big ups to everybody that listened to the George Harrison, Peter Asher episode. A lot of you uh, were like, he didn't get any of my humor. Um, he did. He's just British. So it's dry. Dry like a chicken tender without honey mustard. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to find out about the record? Because this one was a kachunka. And I mean that in a good way. This was released by Island Records. And this is the self-produced debut album by glam rock, art pop, ambient music pioneer, Brian... Eno, who thankfully for this record only went by Eno. Now, he was a self-described non-musician, and he managed to create two albums that are appearing both on the 500 album list, and he produced many, many other important records. His career began in the 60s. He studied painting and experimental music in college. After attending a lecture by Pete Townsend of The Who, he was convinced that he could make music despite his lack of formal training. He created sonic experiments using a tape recorder as his instrument and joined improvisational groups. And in 1970, saxophonist and multi-instrumentalist Annie McKay, a university friend of Eno's, answered an ad for a keyboardist to form the local art rock group Roxy Music. McKay convinced Eno to join Roxy Music as a technical advisor because despite not being a musician, he could operate McKay's synthesizer and manipulate fresh sounds with his reel-to-reel tape machine. Initially, during live shows, Eno would process the band's sounds, run tape recordings, and sing backup from a mixing board offstage, but by 71, Eno was Roxy Music's flamboyantly dressed onstage synth player, a la the band Yes. Owner of a lonely heart. That's a good one. 
After two successful and influential albums with Roxy Music, Eno left to pursue his solo career in 73. Eno built an experimental sound with the help of 16 musicians, including some of the people from Roxy Music, as well as people from King Crimson, Hawkwind, Pink Fairies, and Matching Moles. His intention was to organize musicians who were most compatible to play together to achieve the most interesting accidental results, and he communicated his song ideas. This is dope by dancing and throwing his limbs around like all like Kaspoogly and giving these vague verbal suggestions. And after recording with the musicians, he would often run the recordings through effect processors to further obscure the original sounds. And then to make it even better, he wouldn't even write lyrics at first. To write the lyrics, he would play back the instrumental tracks and sing nonsense words until he liked how it sounded. Then he would replace a gibberish with words, phrases, meanings, while usually still free associating. Less than two weeks later, Here Come the Warm Jets was finished. Upon release, it received mostly positive reviews, charted for two weeks, peaking at number 26 in the UK album charts and 151 on the Billboard pop charts. Eno followed all of this up with several more electronic art rock albums before coining the term ambient music to describe his further releases. His unique sound, his outlook on recording, soon found and producing seminal albums for David Bowie, Devo, which we did, Talking Heads, and U2, amongst others. Many of which are on this list. And my guest today is the one and only Perry Farrell. You know him as being the frontman for Jane's Addiction, for Porno for Pyros, for his new project, Kind Heaven Orchestra. He is the creator of Lollapalooza. And if you haven't been to Lollapalooza, then you haven't lived. You can catch it all over the world, but you can catch Perry right now. Huge Brian Eno fan. This was a fun one. It was hard sometimes to keep him on track because the dude is so passionate. But man, when we got down to the little nuggly dugglies of these toodly-doos, it was incredible. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 on Spotify. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast@gmail.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, guys, nothing left to say, but here we go with number 432 out of 500. With Here Come the Warm Jets by Brian Eno. Perry Farrell is a guest on my show. Perry Farrell, he's sitting in his studio. He is Perry and he's a, oh, my guest. I was hoping you were going to sing in. I was hoping you could join in. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I just, I, it's such a weird introduction when people see me and suddenly they're like, okay, so I'm meeting him. I'm meeting him. Okay, he's singing. Freestyling. Uh, oh, dude, you don't even want to hear so me. So that takes a lot of courage. Thank you. I'll give you that. Adam. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When did you first hear Brian Eno? Oh, this had to have been. Mid seventies, early seventies. So, where are you at in your life at this time? I was uh, a runaway, newly runaway kid, um, living in Southern California. I had taken a Greyhound bus out 
to California to surf and be an artist. That is so incredible. So where did you leave again? You left. I left at that time. I was born in New York. Okay. I lived there until I was bar mitzvahed. At thirteen. That's right. That might have been the greatest moment of my life, right? So there. that's how you should start the show. <laughs> All right. So you there's leave. your entrance. So, there's so, your opener. So you leave. So you leave New York. You move but, to Los Angeles. No, I, from from New York after my bar mitzvah, my father moved us down to Miami Beach. As they do, you know, the Jewish migration south for a better life, for warmer weather, for your bones. Yeah. You can maybe get a swimming pool, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was actually didn't work out that way at all. It, it kind of backfired on my father because he had a business in New York. My father worked on West 47th, the Diamond District. And he had his clients and, uh, you know, we come from uh, Bensonhurst, you know, from Brooklyn. So we, you know, he had all his friends and family and, uh, you know, the, the good fellas, everybody from Brooklyn. That was all my dad's clientele. When he moved down to Florida, he had to start over again. So the next thing I knew, I, I, I knew nobody. I was living in uh, in the in the deep south, man. Yeah, you know, coming from a New York kid into the deep. Oh, it's south. such a culture shock. I could imagine, especially I mean, in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I can only imagine. Yeah, but you know, there were there were some cool things. I made good friends. I got into surfing because those those were the wild kids. You know, the drug takers, the school cutters. Uh, the cool kids, yeah. The, the cool kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, they they had the grams of cocaine. You can go to their house. Do you have any of their Parents numbers now? Home. Because I need something to do tonight. I do. I still stay in touch with in touch with a couple of them. Nice. But you know, my son is is now the age I was when I first started listening to Brian Eno, and it's pretty exciting. He sneaks girls into the house and brings them upstairs. <laughs> And I can only imagine. Are you the cool what dad? You got to be the cool dad. You are the cool dad. You, I can tell you that you ran all denim for Christ's sake. You got to be the cool dad. <laughs> well, they don't think so. No, no, but that's just them being kids. But I, they so, don't think so. But, but so, I so, am the cool dad. So, well, so, <laughs> so, at, so, how old are you when you first got into Brian? You know, you mentioned of what, when you finally got to, to Southern California. Yeah, but it was how, just when when you know punk and new wave and. All that was going on. Um, you know, as he was a close ally to David Bowie, I was in love with David Bowie. And, yeah. But I was in love with the whole scene, the whole notion of these anti-establishment, you, this, you know, anti-establishment youth movement. We were a, a, a sacred society of uh odd fellows odd fellows and odd and odd ladies like i should say and you know we were we were not the jocks we uh you know weren't big enough strong enough or handsome enough or rich enough so we got together 
and we had our own life. And we were the wild ones, and we would, you know, break into houses and go surfing on weekends and yeah, dude. build bonfires on the beach and, you know, deal weed <laughs> and couldn't deal coke because I didn't have enough money. Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta to have, you gotta have capital to be to turn into a coke dealer. But, you know, as... I was a as, ketamine dealer for a little bit, a cat tranquilizer ooh. dealer, but I did most of my supply. It was just... So that's why my dealing lasted about two months. But I'll tell you one thing. We knew a hell of a lot about music. Yeah. It might not have been like, uh, you know, uh, scholastic. In other words, I I can't read or, or write music. But you got the But feel. I can tell you who... Who's got it in their heart? Yeah. Who you know where and where it's coming from, and who's full of shit? Yes. And I think that's even more important. And so is that why you think you connected with Brian? Yeah. So the reason I even agreed to talk about Brian Eno, the world, you know, it, it never stops evolving. It, it, you know, we progress. We do. We progress. Think about it. World War One must have been an awful time to live through World War One. Horrible. I, I would never want to have lived through World War Two. So we know that we progress. Sometimes, though, progress grows sideways. Doesn't always go straight up and get better. And uh, and the same goes for music. Music is always progressing. You know, we have we have electronic equipment that can give us and generate sounds we've never heard before. So we don't have to fucking hear another blues song. You know what I mean? We can hear, what the heck is that? Well, it's a guy by the name of Brian Eno, and he plays a synthesizer. Yeah. And what's that? Well, that takes, you know, sound wave, and it changes the the pattern of the sound wave. It could you know, make it go So now the whole idea of making music and turning people on and 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 uh, you know freeing their mind, giving giving them something new to think about that they've never heard of all coming from the from the uh, I, I want to say it's the industrial age brought about the machinery from the industrial age created new music new sounds no you know I lo- I mean listen don't get me wrong I love blues I love music I love jazz I mean, 1940s jazz. It's as punk as outlaw country. That's as right. Hip hop when it first That's started, right. like NWA. That's it's right. Some of the realest shit you ever heard. That's right. Get. And but br- then commerce gets a hold of it. Transaction. People do things for transactional reasons, other than for the right reason or from their heart. And Brian Eno just happened to come along when that synthesizer. Was people were starting to tweak that synthesizer and and put down the guitar and you know look I don't I can't play the blues I don't know the blues licks you know what I mean but I could sit here for hours generating wild sounds that make me wanna I don't know make me wanna kick somebody in the ass yeah that's, dude that's not paying attention you know what I mean no, like I well I think that is what. You know, I, I think I, after doing all the reading about Brian 
and because this is this is my first foray into Brian Eno in the sense that I never listened to one of his albums specifically. But I have probably heard a million records that he has produced, and I've heard now through listening to this record, which our album is number 432 out of 500. It's the debut studio album, Here Come the Warm Jets by Brian Eno, released January 1974 and produced by him, which I can hear the influences that this record and the music that he's creating here has just touched. I mean, in perpetuity, just going forward for the rest of civilization. Cause it's like, you mentioned the idea of him being punk rock. Everything about what he did to get to this record by leaving Roxy music, uh, going out on his own, not being in the same way that you were saying. It's just like not about being able to write music, but you have the feel of it. And why are you writing it? You want to make some more money? Okay. He wanted to make you art. Know, he, he wanted wa- to make art. He needed to do. Yes, he needed to. He needed to, it was a, to do It was that. a calling. It was, and you can hear it. Music it, for airports. You think you're going to make a living off of records like that? Listen, I know a couple of people that are killing the game in airport music. I mean, I borrowed, you know, to, to buy this equipment from, no, I'm kidding. But what I'm saying is, I, I completely agree with you, what you're saying. But there's something about him that is so... He's an artist. An artist. It's so special. He's not the jock that you could never be. He's the awkward, shy fellow in the corner who's way smarter than you. Definitely funnier. Yeah. And what he's got to say it cannot be said in a normal manner no. because he's not a normal guy. I know he's wearing Thank a God. he's wearing a kimono for Christ's yeah. sake. I mean that's right. he's probably got a collection of kimonos. Right. So now let's all stop and for one moment no, nobody wears kimonos. Everybody wears the the school school t-shirt, you know? Yeah. Are you fucking bored shitless yet? I am. I want to see a guy in a damn kimono. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and that's why I agreed to do this. Fuck yeah, man. Because he's Brian special. Because he's, he's special. special. There's something and about And he him. declares who he is. This is who he is. And it's funny as hell. It's interesting as hell. Yeah. It's musical as hell. It makes me want to be his friend and find other people to, to form a click with Brian Eno. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Do you feel do you feel like if if you never hear Brian Eno when when this comes out, do you feel like Porno for Pyros, Jane's Addiction, any of that stuff even happens? I mean, how much influence did he have on on the direction that you took in your career? Well, 
you know, I, I keep going back to it's more than his music, although his music is incredible because those weird synthesizers are a motherfucker to try to, they're beasts to try to actually get a, a sound that is, you know, cool and tough and driving or 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 melodic and pretty. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. The, they are, they're scary. They're scary. I mean, with a guitar, you know what you got. You know, you press here. It makes this it, noise. It makes this sound. With a synthesizer, it's, it it's can be anything. anything. You, you could change the sound. You can adjust the modulation. Right. And I and, he's and at the then forefront and of you, that. exactly yeah and I think that's exactly what's, and that's what's so brilliant about he him. was there and said I'm going to make music with this machinery I'm going to talk about this subject and people like myself you know I I consider myself to be a music aficionado not because of what I know scholastically because of what I feel in my heart. I've always remained that way. I always wanted to be the, the, the one guy in the band that wasn't the technical guy, but I'll keep everybody honest. Yeah. Because that might, oh, that might be hard to play, but it's bullshit. It is not, it's not moving me at all. Sure. And I don't, You're a I don't, visionary, just like Brian is. Well, thank uh, you. You, <laughs> you see something? No, I, that's me Very saying it, but I mean, but dude, it's like you've... You were taking rock and roll and almost putting it on its head when Jane's Addiction came out. And Porno for Pyros is a totally different thing from that. And then creating Lollapalooza, these are all things that you just have to think outside of the box to get to that. So as you're saying to people making hotel music or airport music, that's not your bag because you have to see it that one way, which is, I think that's why it's, it's perfect that you're doing this. I'll tell you what, it's so needed. Today, who would have ever thought that there'd be people sticking up for a guy like Donald Trump really? that, are, that are young people that we would have to even consider there's a chance that he might get elected again? Why is all that happening? Simultaneous to that, music sucks. If you don't have a, if you don't have a big ass, you can't get a hit. I mean, that's, what does that say? About us. Well, that's what that's that's why I'm doing this because why, when there's nothing right now that's coming out, I'm not saying nothing, but there's when the majority of what's coming out isn't inspiring me, isn't moving me. Right. To go back and be able to listen right. to something like Brian Eno, that fills me with good vibes. That fills me with right. the good energy and the good love of right. the universe and the galaxy. Right. So I can appreciate life and and just have that feeling that I had right. when I heard me too. You know what I mean? Yes. All right. So let's let's dive. Let's so dive, let's dive in. Let's dive into the record. All right. So the album opens with needles in the camel's eye. Peter, play the first verse. See, those who know, they don't let it show. That's the oddball at school who's an incredible artist or a sweetheart. Yeah. But he might be, you know, they might laugh at him. The jock might go and shove him against the, you know, against the lockers or, or just as bad, ignore him, or, you know, m- make a mockery of him because he's small or puny or, you know what I mean? Not Whatever. He doesn't wear the... 
the 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 team jersey to school not putting down athletes not at all i like sports i really do but i, I understand, but i'm really I understand what mad these days because what i've what i'm seeing like i say i have kids and i am waiting for them to rebel against me and they are they're finally doing it my son finally last week said dad he, uh, i'm going to a show it's the first show he's gone to who's he going to see he wouldn't tell me i said all right um, he goes, it's, it's five bucks to get in. You know, nobody knows who the bands are. I go, I love that. He goes, but the thing is, Dad, it, um, it's, it, we're all cross-dressing. Can you help me? Because he knows my closet. Sure. I go, follow me. <laughs> You're like, like, how many boas do you want to wear? Yeah, uh, you yeah. want nine boas? I got, I got 15 in that closet. No, I got, I got them <laughs> really cool. Like, and it's like a, a sweater. It's a woman's sweater, but it could be... I'll show it to you. Sure, I'd love this. And you, you'll take a picture of it later. Anyway, I was so happy that he's finally, like, you know, letting, letting himself discover all the aspects of the world, the fun aspects of feeling feminine when you're a guy. It's fun. It's silly. It's exciting. It's sexy. You know, he's he's not he's not worried about, you know, being what I call the corporatization of the world. Yeah, everybody's got to you know follow the corporate line. You know, they got to all got to be the same. Or the, you notice that? I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Where's the individuality of people? What are they waiting for? What are they afraid of? It's it's our government. And we better get our shit together. We're a democratic society. And that means you can love who you want. Love is always in. It's never wrong. And it's never illegal. And you can, you know, if you want to pray to a, I don't know, a, you know. You're going to pray, pray to, to a, a washing machine. Yeah, pray to a washing machine. You get one life. Right. Yeah. And, and minorities are uh, make this world richer and sweeter and more lovable it's just another person to love and, and empathize with and and want to get to know and this whole business of you know the 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 uh the people from the south they can't be let in the pe and the muslims they can't be let in fuck him yeah no, i agree i i 100 agree i love brian eno but I want to talk about being a man, having courage, and and being unique, and loving and accepting the uniqueness of everybody. Yeah. And all the Brianinos of the future. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they they need to know that they can you know live without being harassed or yeah. be made fun of. Yeah. Um. All right. Not to get. All right. Back onto it. So this was co-written with Roxy Music guitarist Phil Manzanera and King Crimson guitarist Robert Fripp. So utilizing Incredible. his songwriting technique of making up nonsense sounds. See, that's what I loved about when I found out about Brian Eno is that he wasn't really writing lyrics. He would play the music and then he would just kind of like squiggly do. He'd be like, beep, bop, ski, do. And then he'd find the lyrics from that. 
Sample lyrics that I love. Uh, why ask why for by the by and by. And this kind of seems like something that maybe you'd be able to decipher for me. All mysteries are just more needles in the camel's eye. Right. What, what do you think that means? That means good LSD. <laughs> and that means that his forte is not lyrics. Not at all. But it's nice to hear him sing. 100%. He's not a very good singer. So he stacks himself. He's a great musician. He knows how to generate the sound that will put the party together. And it's Brian's party. It's, it's, it's us getting together with Brian, who's really smart. And you want to know what books he's reading. You want to see the art that he's got around. You want to know his friends. You want to check out and see what he's wearing and what he's listening to. That's what that was my like the era I grew up. He was there at that time. He was allowed to make that music. It wasn't, you know, I mean, what is you know radio today? You know, if you don't have a big ass, you're not going to get on. You're not going to get on the radio. Yeah. You're, if you're not paying somebody a million dollars. The artist isn't going to get but hurt. But I don't think. But I don't think. I don't think you need the radio anymore. I really don't. I think that you have control of your career. I think that's the one thing that I like about what's going down. Same thing with comedians. Like I don't need HBO. I don't need Netflix. I I can do everything on my own now, and I can find my audience. And I know so many great artists that are doing that. Yes. However, it's it was nice when you when you had respect for the DJ and you trusted him or her their opinion and they bring you constantly stuff now you know sure we can filter through Spotify it's going to take us 10 years before you know where it it was taking us a week because you know the new the new record would come out the DJ that you respected and trusted would play it and you knew that the people that you liked, the oddballs, yeah. the, but the, the, the kids that were funny and you wanted, you wanted to know them, you got together with them. It's, it's a lot harder now. It's a lot harder now. Every, you know, I'm coming up with a million other ways to spread my music and, and go out and perform. I have another project now. It's called Kind Heaven. Yeah, tell me about so that. So that's the latest project. The closest thing I could, to, to explain it to you, the closest thing would be the concert for Bangladesh. Oh. Okay. When I was a young man, Love I listened to the concert of Bangladesh. Not only were the, the musicians, I mean, the, you know, the Leon Russells and, you know, uh, you know uh, George Harrison and Ringo Starr and, and Billy Preston and all, all those guys that were coming out and helping, helping the world, bringing attention to the starvation in Bangladesh, doing it through music. And they were so cool. And they were our big brothers. And I looked up to them. I mean, I start crying about it because that's what I want to do with Kind Heaven. So I'm, again, you know, I'm not waiting for the radio. The radio is 
full of shit, half of those guys, those radio programmers. They're just waiting for a fucking handout. They don't, they don't, you know, break music because it's good. It's all transactional. Yeah. Give me something. But you got to do me something, though. I got to get a favor from you, though. That's not what music is. And, and so I'm working with my friends. We're writing songs. I have, you know, I was signed to BMG. And uh, if I want to release songs on BMG, I can do that. If I don't want to, I put it out myself. I'm putting my own shows together. I'm, I'm building pop-ups. And I'm bringing my friends. And the it's not just to throw a, a, you know, a mindless party and get wasted. It's to throw a party and get wasted, but to <laughs> but do good. To, to do something good. But, but to do something wow, kind. you are exactly. fucked up 100%. Exactly, and so that's where, that's where my head is at right now. No, and I love that. And if that. it weren't for people like Brian Eno saying, you know what, Th- this is how I'm going to do it. And I, and it, he's he's genius. So let's get back right, to it. Let's get back to let's it. Back right. to <laughs> so let's move on to the second track, uh, the Papa Negro Blowtorch. Uh, Peter, play the opening of that. Now, I didn't like this song at first, but this is one of those songs that grew on me. Because at first I heard that, my, 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 and I was like, all right, I don't know if this is my bag. And then after like the eighth right. listen, I was like, this exactly. is one of the greatest songs ever written. I'm with your first opinion. Really? My, my, my. <laughs> Baba ski but, but guess what? What's that? If he didn't do it, and all we had was that jock with his letter jacket on, You'd be bored shitless. So I have a silly song in the air. That's fine. Well, there's a part of I, it. Because I trust yeah. him. Yeah. And I know he's a loving man and he's an artist. And when you're an artist, you can't fail at anything you do. You put your heart when into When you're it, expressing you put your heart yourself into it, you give everything, as an it's artist. It's going to be great. Exactly. Well, that's what's funny is that like there's there's you talked about how he's not a singer. And then there's this part in it where he just goes like, I'm Baba, whoop. But it's just like I just—it's something that I love. And then you talked about the the uh, the uh, the fucking the moog that he's doing the synthesizer here. Play a little bit of the solo in the middle of the song because it's just this is a guitar solo for him. What's cool about this song? is this is one of the few songs on the record that actually have something specific about the meaning of it. So A.W. Underwood was a young African-American man from Paw Paw, Michigan, who is purported to have the unique ability to breathe out fire at will. Although Underwood's phenomenon was written about in scientific journals at the time, most skeptics believe he used some deceptive tricks to achieve combustion. So this song is about what it would be like to be in a love affair relationship with the fire-breathing dude. I I just want to add to that. To have silliness, absurdity, is so important. And if you got to put a reverse mohawk and come down wearing a kimono, 
Do it, you man. Fucking do it, dude. Do it. Because I'm in a bad mood, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, this next one will put you in an even better mood. Uh, Babies on Fire. And this, oh, one, yeah. this one this one, had me right oh, from the opening yeah. lyrics. Play the opening verse. Babies on fire. Better throw her in the water. Look at her laughing. So this has three minutes of fire guitar work by King Crimson's Robert Fripp. And this is a horror fantasy story about a photography session with a burning infant and blasé onlookers. Uh... It's just even like the meanings of his songs are just and the subject bananas. The subjects, yeah, because everybody's going, you know, baby, we're at the club, and okay, and and so and so, yeah, yeah, we're at the we're at the club, and now we're bopping up, (laughs) open up another bottle of bub. (laughs) Give me a fucking break! (laughs) Smash the bub on my head! Kill me! Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. But you, let me ask you, because you, talking about like freaky photography sessions, see, when you guys designed and created the artwork for the cover of the 1990 hit record, one of my favorite albums, Ritual de lo Habitual, which got banned, you chose to re-release it in a white sleeve stamped with the First Amendment. What was it like to be in that early wave of conservative censorship targeted artists? You know, I grew up, didn't have a mother, Feel sorry for me. It sucks. Had a stepmother who couldn't stand me. So I was used to being hated. (laughs) And basically, you know, you don't like what I'm doing, you can fuck off. They wouldn't let me put the uh, album out as it was because of uh, nudity on a a uh, plaster Paris sculpture. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Put out some of them. The problem was Walmart bought most of the records. So the record companies really were kissing ass to Walmart. And Walmart were the ones who refused. You know, it wasn't the cool stores that were on Melrose that we trusted 
and we looked forward to going every week and and seeing what they were playing and buying that record. No. Now we had to make sure that Walmart thought it was good. Could give a shit about Walmart. All they've done is taken, you know, the middle class and and taken every every business that the middle class had, every mom and pop store and left their store open 24 hours if you want want a bag of pretzels. You know where to go, Walmart. So I said, I'm not going to not put that cover out, but I'll give you a secondary cover for Walmart. And what was it? The First Amendment. Fuck yeah, it was. I should have included a free bag of pretzels. Yeah, I would have sold so many to more every, records. To, all, to the, ten, uh, the first 10 listeners that, that comment on my Instagram post of this gets a free bag of pretzels uh, signed by Perry. And there's some good pretzels there's going There's some really good pretzels. Days. Yeah, there's, uh, there's sourdough. There's uh, peanut butter centered. Extra salty. Extra salty. Some without salt. Caramel. Car- there's caramel centers. Half cooked. Whatever you guys want, dude. We can put some mushrooms on them. We'll, we'll all trip balls and eat pretzels. Yeah, some, some mush- mushrooms infused mustard. Ooh. All right, Cindy tells me, probably the poppiest song on this record, I think out of a record that is so out there, this is probably the most accessible uh, song. And it's a critique of the white, upper-class feminist women who found themselves bored with their new freedoms. Uh, Peter, it's all summed up perfectly in the third verse. Play it for me. Cindy, tell me, what will they do with their lives, living quietly? I love Brian Eno. Yeah. I wanted to work with him forever. He needs a singer. That's what I'm thinking about. This song's a good song. If I would sing it, it'd even be better. Fuck yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, I love that. That was perfect. Um, all right, moving on to Driving Me Backwards. It's about a mutually deteriorating relationship based around a repeating out-of-tune piano riff that gets denser and noisier as it goes. Uh, Peter, play a little bit. I- So this is this is slow and dark and gushplooky. I, I love the build of this song, but the lyrics are are like that gibberish noise that right. that he was figuring out to hit right. the tone. Right. Let me ask you this: who have who have who have you been lucky enough to work with that that you looked up to? Well, at when the you time were I was working with Steve Lillywhite, so I really? thought like, hey man, this is gonna really be cool. Yeah. I, you never know why. It could be you know. I'm the young guy, you know, he's the master. That's fine. But can I tell you something? Please. I really feel that that, that my generation and, and the generation after, the older musicians, they don't reach out to the younger. They don't, they don't raise them up and say, I love these, these guys. They're young. They're new. Listen to them. They're too good for us. You know, like I didn't get much help. Um, um, Jerry Garcia was very kind. Oh wow! And I'll always remember him. And I'll re- and and David Bowie was was very kind. But there's a host of others that I really wished, and it breaks my heart. You know, yeah. I have I have a brother who's 12, 12 years older than me. I was basically a mistake. 
in my family. But I knew about great music when I was in diapers. I knew every Beatles song, every Rolling Stones song. My family were super into music. This is 19, I was born in 1959, so imagine by 1962, I was hanging in there with my older brother and sister listening to Murray the K, uh, 77 WABC in New York, the British invasion. I was super sophisticated, you know, um, young kid that knew a lot about music well beyond my, you know, what I should have known. I should have been listening to whatever, Sesame Street or whatever it was. But no, I was a rocker. And and it would have meant the world to me. That's what, part of why I started Lollapalooza. Because it, it makes me feel so good. Every year, I introduce the... the the, I mean, the, the, you were at the forefront of, of bringing bands to certain areas that had never... Year to year. I mean, year to year. I, mean, I some bring of the, I the contemporary the breeders, young I people. Beastie Boys. It's their time, yeah. and, they, and they, have, they have something to say, and the world should be. The young people should inherit the earth from these old people. You see the problems that we're having? It's the Republicans. It's yeah. these old Republicans that don't want to give up the world. Yeah. Can I can I tell you my favorite uh, Lollapalooza story? So oh, the yeah. year that the year lighten, that lighten us up, I, man. Sorry, it. well, I'm getting it's not really light when you hear this story, dude. So I went to the one where it was like Incubus, Audio Slave, Janes. Uh, I was a traveling one in Virginia, and on the way there, I was drinking beers, taking Vicodin. We get to the parking lot, uh, and then I shit my pants. I had to go to the forest, take off my underwear. Who hasn't shit their pants? <laughs> I know. I'm not even done yet. And then I got into the festival, got got drunk, got kicked out. Then I was at Merriweather, so I had to, I was they kicked me out of the festival. So I went around to the back of the of the pavilion, climbed a forty foot fence, fell forty feet, woke up suddenly, bloodied, and w stumbled my way into like the field and fell asleep. And then when I woke up. I like I was just like, oh my god, where am I? And you just heard like like Audio Slave playing Kochi. He's like, go and save yourself. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> greatest night of my life. Right? <laughs> when it when, when your night Rites starts with your shit yourself, it's a passage. It's going to be the greatest night ever. So my, if I could leave the, our listeners with one thing to think about, yeah. and that is, the world is set up. You get to be a certain age, give, teach the young, love the young, take care of the young. They will take care of you when you get to be old. But you notice, you know, this generation gap, it just gets worse and uglier and we're less trusting of each other. And why am I saying all that? When, when punk rock, you know, came up, it was a similar situation. The rock the rock guys, they didn't want to give up. They wanted to hang on to all that money. They wanted their private jet. You know, they wanted to play the stadium. You know, they wanted the headline. And, you know, and, and they, didn't, they didn't give a shit about the young people. They didn't praise the young people. They didn't help the young people. And that's where the generation gap starts. And that's why the, we don't trust the old people. That's why we're in the, the, the situation we are in now. As elders, we are valuable. 
you know, they should they should ask us, hey, Dad, do you got a dress I can wear? <laughs> yeah. Do you got a dress that I can wear, Dad? Uh, Teach you how to be a cross dress. <laughs> can I can I can I put in a song that's gonna change and lighten the, yeah. the mood a little bit? Yeah, Next one on some faraway beach. So basically this was based on a dream that Eno had, and it has some sad transcendence and acceptance. Peter, play two fifty-two. So I love this song, and this is this is probably the prettiest song, in my opinion, on the whole record. Just a simple piano medley that just builds through 27 piano tracks into something lush and expansively orchestrated before it fades out into this more sparse piano. Now, you've talked about how your mother passed away when you were very young. Do you remember when you first felt acceptance from an adult perspective after having dealt with a loss like that. You mean like, I love you, son? That kind of a thing? Yeah. It was hard because my my mother's side of the family, I don't want to use the word abandoned me, but it was a very hard breakup. Basically, my father was having an affair and impregnated a woman who moved in and was he was going to divorce my mother who had three children for him and all this i just found out about four years ago three or four years ago wow i had an aunt who finally came clean told and told me that so and so actually was carrying your stepsister and was the your parents were about to have a divorce so no i don't i don't really <laughs> i don't really have a time that i can think of that that i felt like were you able to were you able to heal yourself through the music when you really started playing and i mean was that helpful yeah it was those outside kids they were all screwed up yeah and and they and i related to them they related to me and we were you found your family yeah you found like a real family yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. all right let's move on to blank frank so this is co-written with robert fripp uh this is a song just about a really bad do over this bo diddly beat peter play a little bit So the rhythm of this had been famously recycled by the Stooges, the Who, George Michael, even you too. Uh, what musical influences first turned you on to start singing? Well, like I said, I I was uh, singing and dancing to the Beatles, to the Stones. My my big brother and sister. My brother was a hippie biker. Really? Yeah. A hardcore a biker Jewish hippie out- biker outlaw, an out a Jewish yeah hippie yeah. biker outlaw. Yeah, I, I kid you not. Like I gotta the man's been to prison <laughs> for things. Yeah, and he will whip out a buck knife at the drop of a hat if you fuck with his. You know, you want to fight over a parking space. Yeah, keep driving. 
And so wait, so wait, did he he turned you on to a lot of this stuff or Yeah, and my sister. So here here it is. Here, here's the chip of my family. My brother's a hardcore biker and he loves, you know, he's like in in the day, you know, the stones, the Beatles, you know, all the hard, hard rock. My sister fell in love with funk and soul and she loved black fellas, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I got the education on, on, you know, black music. I got it from my sister. My favorite artist of all time, Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Dude, I want to take you higher. Is like anytime I jam with uh, the, the Canners dudes at the Kibitz Room, they have like this big jam session every Tuesday that I pop in sometimes. I want to take you higher is my song. And then my brother, before he got totally into the outlaw biker world. I mean, he was in biker clubs. You know, I'll show you pictures. You'll, oh, I'd you'll love check. to say it, please, yeah. Because he, because he's Jewish, but he's got the long beard like <laughs> like a rabbi. It's like, this rabbi it, looks like he could it, kick it, some ass. Except, except he's got like a cattle skull on his Harley yeah, while he's sitting that's there. That's so dope. So, so what was the question again? Oh, who were the influences? Influence. But you, yeah, you were getting it. No, I, I mean, so, so my influences were whoever was, you know, they had to be authentic. They had to be, you know, genuine. They had to stand for, for freedom and, and, uh, you know, buck the system. Yeah. And we can do this. And it was the youth movement of the sixties that that I really started to formulate, you know what what it is to uh, to to be a man, you know you have to stand up when you th- when you see injustice. If you think that there's an an unjust war, you go out there and you protest. You go sure. out into the streets and you rock out. And if you feel like partying and and free love, you do that too. Yeah. Hey you, did you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. All right, let's move on to Dead Things Don't Talk. Peter, play a little taste of that cadoodle. Oh, please, so we let go by this fail both tests with my legs both tied in my place. The stuff is all there. I've been ever so sad for a very long time. People think that Brian wrote the lyrics digging at the lead singer of Roxy Music, Brian Ferry. So there's a there's a passage I pulled out. It says, And these things don't dress too well. No discrimination to be a zombie all the time requires such dedication. Now, that could be about the glam movement, but Brian... That could be you know, about me. But, but Brian, sounds like me. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> but you've also remained very magnanimous and considerate with most of your past musical partners, but not everyone else has. Let me ask you a question. Are, are you one to hold a grudge? This is what I tell my wife every day. When she gets mad at somebody, I tell her, honey, you never want to go to the grave holding a grudge. It, it, first of all, 
you know, she's one who, who's got all these beauty products lined up in our bathroom, right? Nothing will make you uglier quicker than holding a grudge. It's not worth it. If you want to be beautiful, just drop it. Do Let you, it go. Do you think you'll ever get the original lineup of Jane's Addiction back together again? I, I, I think I could do it. Good. And every time I start, we start back up, which we're starting back up again, I always invite Eric. Yeah. I always invite Eric. And more. And I invite, and, and I always try to, you know, I, I, I want backup singers, and I, and I want a symphony. I just, <laughs> no, I just love the, what we can do today with music, with electronics and analog and, and digital sounds and symphonic and choir. That's where I'm heading with the Kind Heaven Orchestra. That's what it is. It's an amalgamation of all the great sounds that we have today. And, and in going all the way back to the ancient, the voice, the drums, the rhythms, and you put that with a guy like Brian Eno, and and uh, that's what that's the sound that I'm going. I, I for. love where your head's at right now. I really do. It's this is so great. All right, uh, we got two more songs. Do you think we can convince Brian Eno to, to do a track with me? Because that's all I want to do. I don't see why if I can, I can get right, one track with him, Brian. I know you're listening right now. Give me a call. I know you don't have my number. Just look just at me like you're, you probably you're, can. your dumb little brother. Stop fucking I'll do with whatever Coldplay. you want. Stop. <laughs> you, can just, you don't have to work with fucking Bono all the time. Right. We got Perry. Right. We got me. Right. Just I come love on. you. I'm funny. We got pretzels <laughs> and a sort of tea. <laughs> yeah. And we and, got a giant crystal. And, and I'm not kidding. I've got a pretty good kimono collection. Oh, I can only imagine. All right. Two more songs. Some of them are old, just a nice medley and harmony over some uh, monotonous barbershop quartet about the type of thoughtless people that one may come across in life. Peter, play a little bit of it. Lucy, oh my God. Lucy, you're strong. Lucy, please be still and hide your madness in a jar, but do beware. So there's some really just lovely slide guitar interplay before the big like do 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 ending that they go through. Uh, incredible song, uh, and it's personal. And you know personal. Lucy's there. Yeah, you can imagine Lucy. You know, and the idiosyncrasies that is going on with their relationship. Sure, that's what I love about music. I lo- I love. I love the story that it tells. I love the vision that it gives us. I lo- I love the 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 possibilities, the the genius, how it makes you feel that you're a genius because you understand them and they're a genius. So you must be a genius because you understand them. That's what to me the the greatest part of music is. That's the power of it. And and this is the this is the other thing. I've been trying to get to this, and I think I've finally arrived at being able to express myself here. Hit me. All right. You don't need to to understand it. The greatest art is impossible to understand because it's it's being made by a lunatic. So if you understand it, then you are a lunatic. Yeah. And 
you know, we like to think that we're centered, nice people that could raise a child, be left alone with, you know, the next door neighbor's pet. Uh, but in actuality, again, what I'm doing today with music is I'm working with friends, helping to heal them. As an example, I have a, a dear friend. One of our dear friends is, is going through a, a breakup, now a divorce. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. So what are we doing? This week and last week, we're on the phone writing a song. We're all writing a song for him that he's going to come over and record with us and it's just time to get wild and to open up and to be musical and, and let's hear what's in your heart. Yeah. And and the further it come the further it gets from reality and understandability, the more I like it. Yeah. Um God I love you. All right. Uh, last song is Here Come the Warm Jets. Uh, we're right. not going to play that to save time. Let's just do this. Do you want to do some facts and get out of here? Sure. All right. Uh, facts and facts and facts. Facts and facts and facts. All right. When Windows 95 was being developed, Microsoft approached Brian Eno about composing that few seconds of operating system startup sounds. As Eno was dealing with some previous writer's block, the challenged help him work through it. Ironically, it was composed on a Mac. That is dope. What company or companies have you turned down working with, and which would you love to work with? Mm, who have I turned down? Well, I got kind of scolded one time by uh, Tom Morello really? for doing a commercial for Coors. And I thought it was really cool, you know. Um, they had this train coming through, this ice cold train was coming through the commercial, and Tom called me up and said, "Perry, hey Tom, what you up to, man? Um, we got to talk about your course commercial. Oh, did you see it? Do you like it? Did you know that that guy was a, you know, was a, a, a fascist and ate off course?" I felt so terrible. So that's one company I don't want to work with. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Um, and who would you want to work with? Uh, the last record I did was called Kind Heaven. It was produced by Tony Visconti. And we recorded the album in Atmos surround sound seven two which is exactly what the movies are mixed in so as an example vin diesel blows up a truck you hear this the truck getting blown up and parts are going over your head and landing on the other side of the room you know and fire engines coming down the street and it goes whizzing by your ear i recorded a rock album in Atmos 7-2 because you'll know this in the over the next few years that's going to become the standard for mixing because people's home entertainment systems are going to be Atmos surround sound in other words the speakers right now we're listening to these Sonos speakers right 
but it's not it's not Atmos surround. Within the next two to three years, Atmos surround sound is going to be in people's in in everybody's homes. So I want to work very closely with them. As a matter of fact, the live shows that I'm doing now, I'm building. I call them pop-ups because I'm building the rooms. I'm building the rooms with fine artists, young artists that can do installations so that we're not sitting in a damn chair in a black square watching somebody on a stage and their video on a screen. Like I want to blow every, every, you know, uh, Everything that we think we're going to experience at a, at a rock show, I want to just fucking blow every, every bit of it up. And that includes how we're listening, to, what we're listening to it on, what system. So I want to be able to send my delays whizzing around the room, yeah. around your head. I want strings to show up here and then there and avoid and then a choir to go flying over your head. So it's 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 Dolby. Dolby is uh one company that builds the speakers. Uh huge Dolby fan. Okay. I'm also a huge Sonos fan, proud sponsor of the five hundred. All right, being that we're out of time, I want to get your final thoughts on Brian Eno. Here come the warm jets. Hit me. Okay. Final thoughts. Final thoughts on it. This is it. And I'm puffing on a joy with you. Are these. Uh, It is that Brian Eno is a fine artist as much as he is a musician. And whether you understand him is is way besides the point. The fact is, I know that he has affected you. He has caused you to think outside of the norms, outside of the box, to consider the possibilities. And for that, he goes into the Hall of Fame of Humanity. What a great way to end it. Perry, you're uh, just one of my new favorite people in the whole world, and I've already Thank loved you. you for years. Thank you for Thank doing you. this, buddy. What did I tell you? Passion. See Perry Farrell's Kind Heaven Orchestra at the legendary Roxy on March 20th and the 21st before heading to South America for Lollapalooza, Chile, Argentina, and Brazil. For all tour dates and all things Perry, visit his website, perryfarrell.com, and find him on Instagram, at Perry Farrell Official, and on Twitter and Facebook, at Perry Farrell. Please subscribe on Spotify to the 500. Stop what you're doing right now and hit subscribe on your app now. We just listened to Brian Eno from 1973. This week, music director Little Matty Pinfield chose the indie four-piece band Dan Luke and the Raid. Dan Luke and the Raid are from Bowling Green, Kentucky, one of the biggest bands out of there since Cage the Elephant. And Dan Luke is a younger brother of Cage's Matt and Brad Schultz. 
Their new album, Out of the Blue, is available on Spotify with two must-listen tracks, Fool and The Golden Age. Check out the link on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you're in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500 website, come on, send it to us. Send it to us. And you can send that song to 500podcasts at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and artist that influenced you in the subject line. Next week, that's my favorite thing I do right there. Next week is PJ Harvey week with her 2000 album, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. You got some homework to do. Stay fleecy. Do your homework. Listen on Spotify. Doogle, doogle. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Next Chapter Podcasts.